Hey, everybody, get around, get around, get around. Coach, coach has got an announcement. Coach has got an announcement. Everybody, oh. get around. Oh, thanks, Tyler. Oh, listen, listen, guys. Uh, you know, uh, I'm really proud, proud of the hard work that this team has. You know, uh, you're still from heart. Uh, you know, it's been a good, clean season so far. Uh, you know, and, and I, I can't say enough. Um, uh, but I want to make an announcement here uh, today that we're, uh, uh, you know, we're gonna make a big change, big change in our offense. You know, uh, Dad. Dad, does that, does that, does that mean I'm fired, Dad? Uh, no, Brian. Uh, that does not mean you're fired. I can't fire you. Your mom had never let me back in the house if I fired you, so, so no, you're not fired. Uh, no, no what we're gonna do here, team, uh, you know, uh, what I want to make an announcement today is, uh, uh, you know, instead of, uh, running the ball on, uh, on first down, and then running the ball on second down, and then throwing a short pass for, you know, three yards and then punting, uh, what we're gonna do instead of that is, you, you know, instead of running those plays, we're gonna, we're still gonna run on first down. We're still going to run on second down, but on third down, we're going to punt. So we're going to punt the ball on third down. That's that's our new structure. This new offense. We want the ball in the best player on our team's hands. We want him to have control of the game. Uh, and, you know, uh, that's what we're going to do with our offense going forward. So uh, with that said, I'd like to bring up the number one player on our team, the most important player on our team, uh, our punter. Uh, the punter is really the uh, cornerstone uh, of a football team. So I want to bring him up. Tori, uh, why don't you come up here uh, and say a few words to the team. Thanks. Oi! Thank you, mate. Uh, throw some snugs into Bobby on Saturday. I vote with a little footy. Uh, well, it looked like like a little butter. And play a little footy on Saturday. Thank you, mate. Uh, you know, anybody catch what he just said? Uh, yeah, I got none of it. Not a word. Uh, anyways, moving on. Uh, so that's what we're going to do, team. Uh, just want to make sure everybody's aware. Two downs, run left, run right, and then punt. That's our new offense. So uh, uh, with that said, let's uh, prepare for a good week, good week of practice, and uh, let's get him on Saturday. So one, two, three, punt on me. One, two, three, punt. The governors uh, got together and said, look, let, let's play for a hog. Let's play for a pig. Ben and Eric gather out their laptops. One's a gopher, one's a hog guy. Two feeble minds that plot discussion. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the pod of Rosedale, a bronze pig full of hot takes. Eric, did you get your tickets to Indianapolis yet? Oh, I got them, baby. Culture over skill. Sky Uma. Gophers are rolling, baby. They are, man. Jealous of that running game. Just mauled them for 300 yards. Just, just pure... Hog Molly sexiness. Yeah, you know, who needs a passing offense? Um, you know, that's really the way football should be played is just r- run left, run right. Not, there's no no reason to throw the ball. No, Why? there really isn't, especially when Tanner Morgan is your quarterback. It is hilarious. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. I was watching the game, and I was, I was flabbergasted by – how reluctant P.J. Fleck was to have Tanner Morgan pass the ball at the end of the first half. Now, folks may not know, the Gophers were up 17-10. to 10. They were driving, halfs winding down, right? They have a chance to, to punch it into the end zone. They get into close to the red zone, I think 25, 30-yard line, somewhere around there. And then they just kept running the ball. <laughs> well, the sequence clock. is actually worse than that because okay. they had all three timeouts. I, I mean, I don't remember exactly how much time was left, but they they slowly get up to the line of scrimmage and then run the ball, and then he calls a timeout. And even the announcers were criticizing it because you had enough time to run some plays, maybe clock the uh, stop the clock, but they just kept running it and kept burning these timeouts. And it's like, what are you doing? You, you're within, I think at one point, they got in the red zone and just kept on running these plays. Like I think, like you said, is the uh, you, you know, PJ and the offense just didn't trust Tanner Morgan to take some shots, but you had opportunities to get another touchdown there. Um, yeah, and sorry, yeah, go ahead and finish. No, uh, no, I'm glad you clarified. And no, I, I, I was. But yeah, the, the frustrating part wasn't just the play calling; it was, it was the clock management too. That they were burning timeouts when they didn't need to. You could, you know, you can spike the ball. And stop the clock that way if you're trying to pick up first downs and pass a little bit. It's just like the slowest prodding two-minute offense. I, it was so frustrating. And then, then the sequence was, then they line up, they just wait 
for at one point for 20, 30 seconds. And then he clocks it on third down, I think, without taking a shot because you can take another shot and then kick the field goal. Um, and then the field goal gets blocked. Uh, luckily, they didn't run it back, but they if could he have. scooped that, if he yeah, if he cleanly scooped that up, it would have been a touchdown. He just yeah, I think the play. first guy fumbled it a little bit, and then the second guy picked it up and then got but, tackled. But but yeah, if that guy first guy fields it cleanly, he's running down the sideline for a blocked field goal return for that, a touchdown. And then it, it was very forensic. Totally it was very the forensic. game around. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was like oh, this is this is Kirk Ferentz clock management here. It's just go slow. Don't actually try to do your utmost to score. Just, oh, well, shucks. We got into field goal range. It's a two-score game anyhow. No big deal. If he throws the ball, boy, he could throw an interception, and that sure be devastating. It was, it was bizarre. But it, none of that ended up mattering at all because the Gophers took their 17-10 lead into the half and then just ran the ball down the Terrapins' throats the second half. It was it was really, frankly, gorgeous. I mean, because it was just, I mean, it really, this is absolutely, I think I mentioned this last week, this is a testament to, if you have a great offensive line, it does not matter who's running the football. Well, I it think doesn't. this case may support your theory, um, but it was interesting. They had a graphic, I don't know if you saw it, where they showed the average age of the gopher offensive line and their weight, and then they compared it, I think it was the Ravens, but then the Vikings, too, their offensive line. And right. uh, it's crazy that the, the Gopher offensive line outweighed both the Ravens and the Vikings offensive line. So they're bigger. Um, and then the average age was pretty close between the three um, teams, too. Uh, but, yeah, it's just gigantic offensive linemen that clear holes and, um, you know, play calling that supports it, that complimentary football. I know you I know you love that. It's That's a your favorite frame. thing, right? It doesn't make any sense. Of course, a team. Want, it doesn't make any sense. Obviously, you want short fields. Who doesn't want short fields for your offense? You are telling me explosive offense doesn't want short fields? Oh no, no, no. We're gonna no. we're gonna move the ball back forty yards. Sorry. Yeah, they want yeah they want longer fields. Yeah, right. it doesn't make any sense. No, but it did didn't. It was just good offense because they could run the ball. It's this thing that Ferentz. I, I can't remember the last time I. I Saw an Iowa squad that could run the ball the way the Gophers can run the football. Well, yeah, when you're picking up six yards of carry, you know. And the guy is not – he's not tackled. Like, he's getting to the second level almost every time. Maroney and Barber, I don't know if you remember those two guys. Of course I do. Two running backs over 100 yards, uh, Kai Thomas and uh, Marquis Irving, both had over 100 yards and a score. Both average and over six yards of carry. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's – you say it's Iowa football, but that is kind of throwback Gopher football, also. No, it's it. Well, sure. It's yeah. Well, it's not even Iowa football. It, it hasn't been. I was not able to run the football like that for a very long time. It's it's astounding to watch, and it's like it doesn't matter. The Tanner Morgan might be kind of terrible, or at least somewhat below average. It just doesn't matter because they just run the ball down the throat, it, you know, and control the game. It, it's the same thing we talked about with Petrus, where, yes, okay, Maryland's not a very strong team. Their defense isn't very good. Um, but when you play a better team, uh, you're going to need your quarterback to make some plays. And Morgan can I, – I don't know what it is. If it's it, – it's not accuracy. He has arm strength. Um, I think a lot of it's just decision-making with him, where he seems to just make the wrong read or um, – you know, or just he doesn't see open receivers sometimes. But oh, yeah. he's not see, he's not he's not it's not like accuracy is an issue with him. No, he seems fine. He can I mean he does miss some, but not like an, an insane amount. But yeah, I mean reading the fields it's a skill. Uh there's times where, where Peters really doesn't have it and you can just see he's just flummoxed and, and he just doesn't know what he's seeing out there. Uh I always think uh the the guy with the big head that used to play for the Jets, the quarterback, he's not on the Jets. Darnold? Anymore. Sam Darnold? Yes. At one point, he was like, I'm seeing ghosts out there. Sometimes uh, it seems like Petrus is seeing ghosts, and it seems like maybe Tanner Morgan's seeing just isn't isn't reading the field well. Yeah, I don't know. And it's also something that get, the Gophers just run the ball so well. Why bother? Even if he were pretty yeah, good. With, but with this game against Maryland, there was no, no reason to force it. Although... You'd love to see him maybe make some plays, especially when you're up 
by. So I know I predicted a 40-point Gopher game and a big win. So it was a big win. They didn't score 40, but they should have. They yeah. missed an easy field goal, and then they had the one block. So, you know, whatever. Um, but when you're up yeah. like that, it, that, the fourth quarter was kind of frustrating to me because, one, get Tanner Morgan some confidence. And, yes, you're winning by a lot, but you can run up the score. That's okay. Um, and then, two, if, if he's not going to do that, bring in Kramer, the backup quarterback who's done mostly just run, running plays when he's in but let him get some reps thrown to the receivers it he only threw, morgan only threw 12 passes in the whole game um it's just one of those things I, I i'd love to see to see if he can do it give him give him an opportunity maybe give him some confidence yeah some well momentum. that's gonna be yeah that's gonna be the thing that happened i mean there <laughs> there's some better uh, Better defenses than uh, Maryland's that awaits. Uh, you know that's that's going to be the interesting thing when you look at like Wisconsin's front seven is really nasty. Uh, like the Gophers aren't going to be able to count on running the ball for 300 yards against Wisconsin. I would also say they're not going to run for 300 yards against Iowa. I would be shocked if the Gophers run for even 200 well, yards. They did it. They ran the ball well against Ohio State until uh, Ibrahim got hurt, but. That's I mean, fine. I, I think the Gophers Iowa have the best offensive line in the Big Ten. They might. With Ohio State would be the one that would maybe rival it. I, I think you'd have to really uh, – Ohio State's offensive line is pretty good. Uh, and that Gopher, you know, Ohio State game, I don't remember the Gophers getting much pressure at all. Um, and a guy having a lot of running room as well. But, but it, it, number two at worst. At worst, they have the, the second – the second best offensive line again. You can quickly got the edge against your Haw- your Hawkeyes, right? No doubt, of course. The, Iowa has one of the worst offensive lines. Even though you got maybe the best center in college football, right, but, that's kind of lines don't work with just one great player, right? I mean, no, if, but it helps to have an All-American on your. It does. They, line. they perpetually have at least like one or two. But the last time I, I don't remember the last time Iowa just had a top to bottom excellent line. Left to right, right to left, every position, really good guys who work together and know what they're doing and are really great. Because uh, I don't know how many of the guys on the Gophers are All-Americans. Maybe all five of them are. I don't know. I, I doubt there's probably – They, probably they weren't two preseason All-Americans, none of them. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a couple of guys out there on there that won't probably get drafted. But um, but it doesn't matter because there's, there's nobody bad. Um, Iowa's tackles are – basically brand new and they're undersized you, you talk about mass of the gophers offensive line as i was it's the opposite and when you just have one one or two players that are really bad it doesn't matter i mean like if you swapped me for just one player on that gopher offensive line the gophers offensive line would immediately become dog shit it wouldn't matter how good the other four guys were this is one of those ones where everybody needs to be doing their job and even if one person missed their assignment you're you're trash there's pressure the blocking doesn't work there's, there's you know, nowhere to run, but no, I, Gophers have a fantastic offensive line, and I mean, it, does, it just does not matter who's getting the ball. They could find some walk-on in uh, Dinky Town, just pick up some guy off the street, and he could get a bunch of yards. I think so it's, it's very impressive, and then the defense is really, really good too. Add them to the list of uh, Big Ten defenses, but yeah, I think you're be- disrespecting the running backs a bit, but. I get your point. I, the guy's good. He's young and athletic, but I mean, I is there is there a running back in the Big Ten that would you, you think couldn't run behind this Gopher offensive line? Is no, I mean, you, like like I'm saying, they're they're five yards before anybody's touching them, right? For the most part. But that's yeah. also you know this comp, complimentary football. You said the defense put them in good spots. Um, they're overloading their offense too with the tight end and then an extra lineman. So. It's it's pretty clear what they're doing. Uh, well, obviously, right, right. I mean, and it's clear that if you want to stop them, you're like, we gotta stop the running game. Like, it, we gotta we gotta not let them run for six yards a carry or whatever ludicrous it is. We gotta stop. We gotta make Tanner Morgan throw the ball consistently. So yeah, uh, we did this last week, but let me just check it again. Just uh, hit Google machine. I want to check Big Ten standing. So we're looking at Big Ten West standings. Hmm. Looks like it's tied for first place. I see Iowa and I see Minnesota tied for first place in the Big Ten West. Interesting. Interesting how that all worked out, huh? What do you think? Do you think the non-conference record applies to tiebreakers, Eric? (laughs) 
Uh, I don't know. Actually, I have no idea. Does it? Somewhere it is. I, I, it won't matter because the first tiebreaker is head-to-head play. It, but it's somewhere non-conference record applies. I don't know if it's three, four, five, somewhere down the line. It does matter. The uh, Gophers and Hawkeyes have the same points for in the conference as well. They're tied at 115 points. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and the Gophers are actually earning theirs. They're not just getting them from the defense and, you know, special teams play. So there you go. Uh, let's uh, let's since we're you're in a trash talking mood, let's see here. So. <laughs> uh, um, I love it. I love it. So I know you love advanced stats. We're going to go back to some advanced stats, Eric. Where do you think SP Plus ranks the Golden Gophers of Minnesota? Uh, top fifty now. Have they cracked the top fifty? Five zero. Yeah. They were already ahead. Of, they were already in the top forty the last time we did okay. this a couple weeks ago. So, so yes. let's go. Okay, so thirty-five. Uh, you gotta, you gotta go there better. Twenty-five. You're close. You're off by two. They're ranked twenty-third. Okay. So the advanced stats gives them the twenty-seventh best offense, the thirty-second best defense, and then the sixty-first best special teams. Which I don't know with missed field goals and stuff. Maybe that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe that's a slight. I don't know. Where do you think Iowa ranks now after their uh, humiliation at the hands of Purdue? Uh, let's put them at 18. Very close. 19. They're at 19. So, so we're, we're close. No, Although think, in the AP, aren't the Hawkeyes still ranked in the top 10? Didn't they? They actually moved up. Yeah, well, because Penn spots. State had their god awful loss to Illinois in and high Kentucky time. lost too, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, so. But yeah, that overtime game was wild. How did that happen? Well, they changed the overtime rules, and they made them objectively dumb. Just exchanging two-point conversions is stupid. Stupid. I don't know why the overtime rules needed to be changed. I thought they were pretty good in college. I mean, yeah, you don't you do not do kickoffs and punts anymore, but otherwise, you know, you get the ball in the 25 and, you know, kick a field goal if you want, go for it, whatever. But uh, Illinois, yeah. Yeah. Well, they also ran for 300 yards. They ran the ball down Penn State's throat uh, again. And, and clearly Sean Clifford was hurt and playing like crap, and he shouldn't have been in the game. That was kind of awkward. And like, oh, do you have that little faith in your backup that you forced Sean Clifford or Sean Clifford maybe wanted to play, but still you weren't like, hey, dude, you're not healthy. You look to be wincing after every play. But but it, here's Iowa's lot in life, Eric. Uh, Advanced Stats says Iowa has the fifth best special teams in all of college football. It says Iowa's got the fourth best defense, even after Purdue, who Wild. has the fourth fourth best defense. But Iowa has the 86th best offense in college football. It, that is disgusting. And it's, it's just continually shocking. Although Maybe they it, should just punt on third down. Yeah, that's, uh, you know... <laughs> Say what you will. People I, are saying I, it. I think if uh, if Kirk France had an option of saying, "Hey, you get a punt, a point per punt," I honestly don't think he'd run offense. He would just the second they got the ball, he'd punt it away every time, or he'd run it twice just to give two minutes of breathing time to his defense. Uh, no, it's it's shocking that they have have one unit that that terrible. Although it's funny, if you're Nebraska, Nebraska's just behind Iowa, 26th best offense, 24th best defense, 127th best special teams. Yeah, best like teams. like PJ said, that's culture over skill. Taking his well, shots at, at your guy Scott Frost. No, he's not my guy. I, <laughs> I, we made the, the we made the, the the Tim Brewster comparison earlier. I mean, he's for you know Tim Brewster is maybe the Nader. Wacker is somebody else that, that Gopher fans will bring up as being a really terrible coach and being like the absolute like bottom of the barrel for a, a Gopher football team that's had a fair amount of inept coaches the last few decades. And Scott Frost is producing at a Tim Brewster level. Right well, now. Brewster, I think was his first year or second year. He had them ranked for a minute, and then it just all fell apart. But uh, So he had a few wins. Um yeah, yeah, I I can't imagine the people in Nebraska are happy with Scott Frost and that team. They gotta be well, losing their minds. 
Well, they're they're they've been beaten down. It's just it's such lovely hubris. It's one of the most amazing things. You know, like all right. So can you imagine? All right. So the last time the Gophers were like consistent national powers was like the early 1960s. Am I the right time frame, Eric? Yeah. Yes. So imagine if you lived in Wisconsin or whatever. And Actually, the Gophers of- in Iowa had a similar like storied 60s decade, and then they both of the programs fell apart, you know, in the 70s, and then Iowa just happened to get some good coaches after that. But yeah, sorry. Well, they got yeah. No, you're good. No, it's fine. Yeah, I think I think the Gophers had more success later. I don't know yeah, that Iowa had any couple, national titles. Had a couple, right, the Gophers had a couple national titles. Right. Actually, so imagine. I think, no, sorry. Well, go ahead. You're fine, man. No, I was just say, imagine you're in Wisconsin and you you have to interact with Gopher fans and they talk a lot of trash to you constantly about how much better Minnesota is than Wisconsin. And then you get to watch after having endured that, you get to watch the Gophers just fall into complete irrelevancy and ineptitude to the point where those dudes who remember the '60s, like you, look at them and you're like. Okay, buddy, the 60s were a long time ago. I don't care about this team that was great when you were 15, 50 years ago or 60 years ago. That's I feel like that's what we're happening with Nebraska. We've been watching this just descent into irrelevancy. And there will come a time where they're going to be like 20-year-olds in the year 2050 who are like, what? I, oh, they were great 50 years ago in the year 2000? Okay. All I know is ineptitude, and it's just – it's amazing to watch. It's fantastic. Yeah, actually, so yeah, the I, Gophers have the 10th most national championships of any school. They've won oh. six, but the, the 1960 was the last one they won. They won a bunch in the 30s and the 40s, actually. Sure, okay. 1960 was the last one. Yeah, I think Iowa went to the Rose Bowl in, like, 1956 – Something like that. They won it, and I think that was even the last time they won a Rose Bowl. Somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's right. Uh, yeah, Nebraska like won back-to-back 94-95, and then they taught, they uh, shared it in 97. And they also won one in 2000, I think, or came close. And then since then, it's just been this desperate desperation to get back to that level and, and unable to. Like just yeah. firing dudes who are winning 10 games, and then Bo Blaney is winning 9 games. And then just slow descent into an Didn't they run like an option offense back then? Oh, yeah, in the 90s? Yeah, oh, yeah. Barely threw the ball. It was all just quarterback runs and an option plays. Yep, yep, that was what they were known for. Oh, yeah. They ran that to perfection back in the, you know, Southwest or whatever, uh, SWAC, and then the Big 12. So, no, it's, I, I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I, the Gophers whooped them and. Yeah, you know, it doesn't look good for Nebraska's bull hopes. They're three and five. Real shame. I'm sure they're going to beat Purdue and just start to get their hope back. They'll get their swagger back just a little bit, just in time to get smoked by Ohio State. But we'll see. So yeah. right, obviously, obviously, you're feeling pretty good about your Gophers taking down Northwestern this weekend. I feel good. Um. Yeah, I think same same sort of offense it would look like a similar game against Maryland. Just run the ball, run it down their throats. Hopefully, Tanner Morgan doesn't make many mistakes. Um, I mean, Northwestern struggled against any any real quality team. I mean, even Nebraska didn't Nebraska put up a bunch of points on them? Yeah, the oh, Nebraska blew, Yeah, seven. Yep. So. Yeah. Their only Big Ten win is against Rutgers. So yep. I, I would imagine the Gophers – it would be an absolute um, disaster if the Gophers lost this game to okay. Northwestern. Setting the stage, okay. So – and I, I, I just because I, I love I love the advanced stats. Northwestern, 108th for offense. So that's even worse than Iowa's, just to put that in context. Yeah, they shouldn't move the ball very well. 126 for special teams. They do have the 25th quote unquote best defense according to SP plus. Even after Nebraska hanging 56 on them. Yeah. And Michigan putting up 33. Michigan State 30. Like they've been blown out. Yeah, but those are well, yeah, well, yeah, those 
30 and 33, those are probably, I mean, that can potentially be considered a, a good, depending on how many yards they had and where the points came from. Okay. That might be considered a good showing. It's, it's all relative. I know this is annoying to you, but like if their team averages 40 points and you hold them to 30 points, that's probably a good defensive showing, relatively speaking, right? Like if you hold Ohio State to 30 points, that probably gives you a lot of juice with the advanced stats. Whereas if Iowa can go for 450 yards and three touchdowns against your defense, even if they only score like 27 points, that's horrendous because their offense is so bad. So it's all relative. Nothing puts me to sleep more than advanced stats. Oh, oh boy. So you don't count sheets? You just look at advanced stats when you <laughs> yeah, yeah. To fall asleep? Pro uh, honey, I, I can't get to bed. I'm sorry. I'm going to go look at some advanced stats here. Be out in a minute. Okay. Well, since we're doing this too, I, I know you. I'm, just since I, I have you totally captivated here. <laughs> so we can set the stage because... I, I do think Northwestern might succeed in doing that, like dragging the Gophers into the muck a little bit because they probably have good enough defense to keep it closer than you'd like. A little contrarian here, okay. No, the Gophers will win, but I just think it'll be close. I, I'm not, I'm not picking the Wildcats to win straight up. But if the spread is seven and a half points, can they keep it within a touchdown? That's close. That's where I'm kind of like, all right, can they they just make the Gophers play a sloppy game, do with everything they can to shut down the running game, force Tanner Morgan to make some passes, get him to throw a couple of picks, and all of a sudden everybody's in the muck. Well, if you're playing the Gophers, I mean, it's not it wouldn't be that difficult to game plan. Just load up the you know defense linemen and linebackers in the box and stop them from running. You know, it, you wouldn't think it'd be that complicated. No, I don't think it is, but I think it's tough to do. Um, but, I, I, you know, Maryland, I don't even know where their defense ranks, but uh, I'm sure it's below even Northwestern's. Because um, Maryland, yeah, I mean, yeah, Maryland's considered the 47th best defense. So there you go. Um, but, you know, if we're talking defense. So you I think like, low scoring, close game? Yeah, I mean, I, well, I think they hang around the Gophers a little bit. You know, and that's kind of what Northwestern's done. For a while, they they hung around with Michigan for a half. They kind of eke things out for a while, keep it close, and they get worn down because their offense brings so little to the table that they they can't move the ball. Um, so I think they managed to keep it. You know, ooh, it's going to be ten to three or uh, at half, something like that, or thirteen to seven, something where you're like, ugh, you know, it's not a complete blowout. And even, you know, and then the Gophers maybe pull away late. Um, but I just think, you know, maybe, you know, what's his face? The coach for the Wildcats. He's Fitzgerald, right? There we go. There we go. Pat Fitzgerald. He, uh, you know, he's, I mean, there's not a ton of talent for the Wildcats, but he's a, he's a confident coach. I don't know. So I, I was yeah, They've surprised. had some success in the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, they won the Big Ten West last year and in 2018. Yeah. And then they were terrible in 2019, and they're pretty bad in 2021 as well. Uh, like every so other I, year. <laughs> yeah, so I just think it's, you know, it's one where, like, you know, I guess I guess maybe I think the Gophers cover, but they, they like, grind it out a touchdown late to make it, like, you know, 24 to 14 or something like that. You know, that kind of thing. Or it's just oh. kind of gross and unpleasant for a while. Okay. Yeah, I mean the Gophers should they should win their next two games easy, running away, and then it's uh, then it's your Hawkeyes. Yeah, that's right. So Gophers, do you play Illinois? Is it in Champaign or is it in Minneapolis? Do it's you know? a home. It's a home game. It's in Minneapolis. Okay. Then they travel to Iowa. Okay. And uh, you know, the big announcement is you think you're you're going to be at that game. You're going to travel. Yeah. Down. Uh, I'm I'm stating it here. We are. I'm going to be in the state of Iowa for that game. Going to be tailgating. Um, so yeah, come find me. I guess I <laughs> I don't know. We're going to work on something special for the pod. Yep, cooking some ideas. We're going to see if we can we can finagle something. We have a couple of things we're going to try to sort out and figure out. But I want to maybe do something a little different for that game. We're going to try to watch it together and figure out how we're going to do that logistically. But um. But before that, Iowa's got a couple of their own own games to deal with. And I, I know this is the last part of the advanced stats, and then you can go back to 
just making up whatever you want and not have to rely on data, Eric. Um, <laughs> and just whatever you believe can be true. Yep, right. Um, and nobody can contradict it. So I was three and a half point underdogs in Madison. 11 o'clock kickoff. Vance Stats believes Wisconsin is the better team than Iowa. So... How do, so I've given you the SP plus for I, where do you think first of all Wisconsin ranks overall in SP plus? Uh, so you, ahead of Iowa then. Yeah, um, I already, I already, yeah, I already gave you that. Uh, I don't know, twelve. Wisconsin? Too high? No, not high enough. They're considered the sixth best wow. team in college football. Well, they um, gave it to Purdue, and Purdue beat Iowa, so I imagine that's got a lot to do with the advanced stat change. They're, 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 uh, Wisconsin's actually rolling the last three weeks, three straight wins after their Michigan loss. So, Yeah, well, uh, they have, according to advanced stats, the best defense in all of college football from an efficiency standpoint. Tenth best special teams, and you know... <laughs> and that's like, with Northwest, uh, Notre Dame and Michigan putting up just about 40 points on them. Right. I know you don't care about how advanced stats work, but advanced stats doesn't consider, you know, they don't consider sixes. the score. <laughs> they, don't, they don't consider it, how the score was made matters, right? Oh, they don't I blame. Love, oh God, I love advanced stats. Why would you blame a defense for a pick six? Uh, so like, you know, if I'm the Badgers defense, I'm not on the field. Graham Mertz. All, all of Michigan's points were scored from their defense. So Notre Dame had at least two pick sixes in the fourth quarter, which helped build out that lead. It pays a lot more attention to yards, things like success rate, how often you run successful plays, which is defined various ways based on down and distance. Um, Because moving the ball and stopping people from moving the ball is a lot more consistent and reliable than turnovers and pick sixes. So if you're going to say Michigan 56 yard touchdown pass, you know, I think all their points were other than field goals were touchdowns on their offense. So you can't say this, make the same argument against Michigan who put up 38 on them. I, well, see, I don't know how many of those drives on the road by turnovers. I don't know how many, how many yards Michigan ran, ran for passed for. I have no idea about any of that stuff. I'm just talking about how these things work generally conceptually speaking. Um, so if like Wisconsin had four turnovers and, you know, Michigan had, you know, four short fields that they use to score, then that's going to not be quite as much of a you know, a boon to Michigan's offense from advanced so, stats. And it's why Iowa got reamed because they didn't have many offensive yards. They didn't move the ball a lot. Uh, and all their points came up turnovers and short fields. So it looks so like this that, great Wisconsin defense gets to play this great Iowa offense then. It's oh, just going to be a battle of the two great, great sides of the football. It's going to be as ugly of a game as you can you can get, uh, I think. I mean, the over-under is like 36 points. Wisconsin's offense is considered the 62nd best. So, I mean, better than Iowa's by 20 places, but still pretty bad. Uh, so it's it's going to be really hideous. I mean, I think the, the first half of the Iowa-Wisconsin game last year was probably pretty indicative. It was like 3 nothing Iowa, and then Iowa clanked in a field goal right at the half to make it 6 nothing. It was neither team could move the ball this awful. And I think that's probably what we're headed for on Saturday. I have no idea how it'll shake out. Other than I'd be surprised if it was more than a touchdown either way. And it's probably going to come down to dumb plays. Uh, whether Petrus throws an interception, that all sorts of nonsense. But yeah, so are I mean, you picking the, the Badgers to win the... Is it the Heartland Trophy? Is that what you got it? Yep, it's the Heartland Trophy. It's the bowl. Yep, you got it. Sure, I'll 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 predict Wisconsin. You know, really? Okay. Actually, I I was gonna I was gonna pick Wisconsin too. I was like, well, really? Whoa! Yeah. Scandalous, Eric. Oh my. I it's I don't know where the offense comes from. I was. Super disheartened because I yeah. I saw a little bit of Brian Ferentz. So like the coordinators don't usually do press stuff, but during the bye week they all did. 
and I did watch some of Brian Ferentz's because I was interested in what he'd have to say. I mean, and it didn't give me confidence what he was saying. It was it was the opposite. He he cited one play against Iowa State. So Iowa has this uh, wildcat they run with Tyler Goodson, and they run a kind of option off of it. Uh, I don't know how many, they've maybe run it 25-ish times, like in the last two seasons. They haven't once passed out of it. Not once. You know, it's like your your quarterback, the backup guy who only comes in to run, but then he threw a pass, not this week, but against Nebraska. He, he said Iowa State didn't account for everybody in a defense when they had the Wildcat in and dared them to throw. Iowa didn't, and the play was snuffed out. I'm like, uh, okay. Like, you understand that they had – there was a play to be made if you are willing to pass out of that formation. Rather than have that be an option – you decided to run against the numbers uh, an unsuccessful play. Nobody is going to respect you passing out of this set when you've never passed out of it once. Right. And yeah. Everybody's going to say, you're talking about. Yeah. yes, there we go. Everybody's going to say, okay, Tyler Goodson's lined up. This is a run and he might hand it off or he might keep it. He's got, he's making a read basically, but it's not going to be a pass. Yeah. But maybe well, he can't like literally can't throw the football. Okay. That's then, fine. It, if he can't, then why are you in that formation? Then you're going to concede a numbers advantage because everybody's going to know it's a running play. And what's the point? Because then can you just... can pretend that you're running a different kind of offense and you can pretend that, you know, we're mixing it up. And it, it does. I agree. It doesn't make any sense. If you're not going to run the play, if you're not going to at least have a threat of a pass. Yeah, and I don't – I doubt I, – I, Tyler Goodson's a good athlete, and I'm sure you could – give him enough reps to throw a little like pop pass to a tight end or, or some other little like quick, easy throw to make to keep defenses honest. So I don't really buy that. He can't make that throw, but if he can't, then you're giving your, like everybody's just going to say, Oh, we, we know what's coming the second you're in that formation. And then, I do like the idea of mixing up formations a little bit. The little creativity on the offense is something that I, I think they need desperately need. Right, so, but you I, can't be predictable out of those sets, right? Correct. If the second you do a new set and they know exactly what's coming, there's no point. And this is this is the other part thing that he said that was infuriating. Like somebody asked him, "What are you looking at for the defense, like you, or for the offense?" And he's suddenly like, mm, "What do I think?" Uh, well, you know, you kind of think if there's a way you can kind of make things look different so that people think you're doing something different, so that you can do what you want to do and do the same thing. Anyway, it was just like literally. We're going to try to come up with more window dressing to convince teams that we're going to do something different while doing the same exact thing. And and this is what's infuriating is everybody knows what's coming. There's it, you there's no way you're going to just put a guy in motion and trick other teams and you'd be like, oh, my God, look out. It's going to be a big pa-. like you have to start finding ways to actually take risks from your sets so that people don't sell out to stop the run and don't know how to cheat and figure out everything that's coming based on personnel. It's like, instead of saying we're going to find ways to be more aggressive out of different sets and try different, different things and attack in different ways. It's like, Oh, we're going to try to make it look like we're doing something different, but then do the same thing. It's like, people are going to see right through it. It's going to be, these are going to be some brutal games. These next, I, well, probably all five are just going to be really, really awful. No faith in the offense. So that's the thing is I was going to face a legitimately really good Wisconsin defense that it's just going to be awful. I think Spencer's going to be really confused and not be able to pass. Tyler Goodson's game. I mean, it's the opposite, right? Like it, Tyler Goodson can't do anything. It doesn't matter how good he is. I mean, maybe prime Saquon Barkley would make a difference. Maybe, but when there's two guys in the backfield, there's nowhere for him to go. It's it's so fun to watch him when he can get to that second level because then he can make guys miss in space. But when there's a guy, but there's there, ways to do that. You can move him around. You could have him be in the slot. There's there's ways to get him the ball in space. There other is than just handing it off and running straight up the middle with a fullback leading the way. There's there's things you can do. And that fullback um, leads their best running play because the zone where they don't have a lead blocker is even worse. And those ways, it's so slow, and they try to run the stretch zone to the boundary, and then there's just two dudes in his face, and he has nowhere to go. Um, they, they don't run screens very well. I mean, I, it's just one of those things, like, you think Ferentz would like screens, but they don't run screens particularly well. They've run a, a few. They did better with Wadley with those screens a few years ago, but 
they haven't been really good at setting those up because yeah you could you think he'd be great like let's get him space with some blockers out and he can make guys miss but it hasn't panned out that well they put him in the slot and he did well occasionally like he he, he had some nice plays against uh maryland in the slot so yeah it's there but the zone running scheme just isn't isn't working at all and it's frustrating they got to find another way to yeah, get him space. It's it's infuriating. So no, I, I I just I don't see how Iowa unless they get a bunch of turnovers from Wisconsin or like special team returns or something, which seems unlikely. Uh, how does Iowa even get ten points? How does Iowa's offense generate ten points against? There hopefully will be interceptions for Iowa's defense to make. I was trying to give you some hope. Try talk you off the ledge here with your no I, I don't team. think I, I don't think Wisconsin's gonna blow Iowa out uh I mean I I don't it would be I, it'd be a devastating if Wisconsin scores even 20 points just like straight up on Iowa's defense because Graham is bad they have a running back it's pretty good they got a competent running game but through all the games uh, stopping running backs has been the one thing Iowa has done consistently and always does consistently I think they can stop Wisconsin's running game. They should be able to keep Graham Mertz from throwing all over the place. They don't have a David Bell or an Ottman Bell, frankly, uh, to throw to. I don't know if Riley Moss is going to be back, but I, I'm not. I'm not. Well, what is I, his status? Is unknown. He's not on the no two update. deeps currently. He's yeah. We don't. He's not on the two deeps currently, which isn't sacrosanct. I mean, it's possible that he plays or he comes in for a little bit. Um, or it could mean that he's not playing. Who knows if he's doing the coach? We're not gonna let you know who you're preparing for. I don't know. Um, but I'm I'm not counting on him being there for sure. We don't we don't have reason to think that for sure. Um, but I don't think that matters. It's it's just can I like if I if I knew I was gonna get 20 points against Wisconsin, like I'd feel great about it. I'm like all right, if Iowa can score 20 points, they should be able to hold Wisconsin's offense in check, but uh, how does Iowa get 20 points? I mean, they're not going to run the ball. Are they going to throw? It seems unlikely. They haven't been really good at taking shots down the field. Didn't work at all against Purdue. Defensive scores. <laughs> uh, I guess. Um, Maybe if Keegan Johnson gets more snaps, he seems to be the only vertical threat Iowa has. Like, legitimate. He was very exciting. It was like in Purdue, he had that first catch for like 35 yards or whatever, and then he just vanishes off of the face of the earth. And you're like, I don't know. Is the tight else? end, you got to get him. Laporta, isn't that his name, Laporta? He, yeah, but everybody knows how Iowa gets the ball at the tight end. It's like, all right, seam route or tight end rollout um, or like levels concept where he runs kind of a corner route. I'm like, that's it. Those are the ways that the tight end gets the ball. Everyone saw those like zone beater where he tries to find the soft spot in the zone. He does that too, and that's that's it. That's how I was. That, that's how Laporte is going to get the ball. So it's just like I don't know. I mean, and it's possible that weird, fluky plays happen. Yeah, I mean, it's possible to get pick sixes. I'll be excited if Graham Mertz were to throw a couple. Great, then I'd feel really good about Iowa's chances. But I, you can't count on it. Purdue <laughs> didn't throw any interceptions. They didn't even come close. And I'm glad that Jeff Brom could do his thing where he comes in and beats the crap out of Iowa and then slinks back into nothingness and goes terrible. Got, you know, got smoked by the Badgers and Purdue's going to lose to Nebraska and lose to Ohio State. And then it's going to be like, wait, why did Iowa lose to this team? Uh, uh, but no, I don't know. It's just tough to, to see it happening. And Iowa hasn't won in Madison in, since 2015. And that was a fluky, like, Wisconsin had, like, five turnovers kind of game that Iowa won, like, 10 to 6 or something. And then you have to go all the way back to 2009. It just hasn't happened in a long time. So, question. Uh, if Iowa loses to the Badgers and the Gophers win their game against the Wildcats, who's in first place then <laughs> in the Big Ten West? I'm just uh, – what are the advanced stats? Let's cal- let's calculate this whoa. on the advanced stats, put it in the calculator. and What, what would the advanced stats the tell advanced us? The advanced stats would that? say that actually Nebraska would be the Big Ten West champions Huh. in that scenario. Yeah. That I mean, would make sense. Go- you think because the Gophers won against Nebraska, they'd be – but no, you'd be mistaken. Right. No, uh, yeah, yeah, your Gophers would be in the driver's seat. Like I said, hey. First place in the Big Ten you West. You'd have first huh. place. I like the yeah. way that sounds. There you go. All right. It just rolls off your tongue. Like just it's it's there's something to that. It's like music. 
I love it. So Gophers win the Big Ten West. <laughs> Were you throwing out there? <laughs> no, no. Gophers win the Big Ten West. They uh, get a rematch against Ohio State and lose. P.J. Fleck uh, takes his talents to Los Angeles. Are you happy or sad? Well, I, maybe we can get like a P.J. bot, like a robot that just spits out the same kind of things, and we do the same sort of helmet and, uh, you know, all the gimmicks that he has uh, set up. Maybe we can replicate that. Uh, you could, I guess. I don't know. I mean, uh, is there a power source that can generate as much energy <laughs> as P.J. Fleck in the universe? There's got to be another one of a different model, a PJ Fleck models out there somewhere that we can roll out. I feel like, yeah, if we need, if if we start to, you know, run out of oil, we can just power, use PJ Fleck to power all of our electronics. Uh, Insatiable energy. Well, what about, maybe we could hire Brian Ferentz. He could be our head coach. Uh, Fleck leaves. Oh. You know, he's because, you know, if, if, if Daddy Ferentz is going to stay stick around for another five, ten years, maybe maybe Baby Ferentz wants to uh, I would know, be go, go, see, so go see the world. Go venture Let the world. Me, I would I would sh- ship you some toppling Goliath, Eric, whatever beer you want. I'd be let's celebrate. Let's pop some bubbly. Brian Ferentz, we're going to be the head coach of the Gophers. That would be. <laughs> and then I dad, would, dad, son battles. That would be, be, I just, I would just, that'd be fantastic. I would love to love that. That would just bring me a lot of joy. Sadly, I don't think that will happen. Uh, Uh, No, no, I don't know. Flex still our coach. I don't know what you're talking about. He's not leaving. He's going to stay here forever. Okay. And you're going to just handle all the embarrassments, all the Mac losing, and you're going to endure that because he's your guy. Well, I hope he cleans that stuff up. I really do. Um, that that kind of stuff can't happen. I mean, the bowling every every week we talk about this, but the Gophers keep winning. That Bowling Green loss is just going to look worse and worse and worse and worse every week. Um, especially if they're going to be sitting there in first place with their. Why couldn't the Gophers run the ball better against Bowling Green? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It's not like who could tell. I who who could know. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll but, see. Uh, quite a shake yeah, up. So, so uh, interesting weekend. We'll see what happens. Um, do you? So you have you you pick the the Badgers. I also pick the Badgers. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll pick the Gophers, and I think the Gophers cover. Um, I talked myself into a cover. I mean, I I think it's like a I don't know. Let's call it a ten point Gopher win, something like that. The Gophers pulling away late, grinding down the, the Wildcats. Do you have a PJ Fleck movie of the week? Uh, I had so, because the Gophers are playing um, the Wildcats. I had uh, and we're getting close to Halloween. I, I thought I'd recommend another horror movie, and this movie is Cats, the uh, musical film. Have you that seen is it? One of the scariest. We, so I watched it with the girls. We watched we did about watch it. we watched about twenty minutes of it. I I hated every second of it i i, I couldn't stand would. it and they were just like dad this movie is really bad so they made me turn it off too um wow so yeah it, it's it's not good but i watched every second of it i was transfixed by how I, it is baffling you just it is a series of baffling choices by really rich people making really really dumb choices it 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 doesn't make any sense. The conceit is stupid. The execution is just as bad, if not worse. The songs are terrible. It was. Well, aren't the songs the same ones that are in the musical? Yeah, the songs are bad. The, well, why I, do I people go to that thing? I don't understand it. I don't know if they have. Well, first of all, it was in the. Uh, it was in the. Was it when like the 80s is when it started? So whatever. I mean, there's a lot of things about the 80s that people might regret. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, it was the longest running Broadway show for a long time. I'm sure something surpassed it by now, but I don't get it. The plot doesn't make any sense. What is a Jellicle cat? I don't know. Are they dead? Uh, the cat gets abandoned, but then there are no people anywhere else in the rest of the movie. We don't see a single human. We just see a cat get chucked out of the car. This is like the opening sequence. What does this mean? Where does the cat go at the end? But all the songs, there's not a single, the only song that's even decent is Memories. It's the one song. That's it's mediocre at best. Everything else is forgettable. It's awful. 
When I saw uh, Idris Elda pop up, I was like, what are you doing, man? Why? Who gave you the advice to be in this movie? Like, yeah, money's yeah. not worth it, man. Like, do something yeah. else. Well, so Ian McKellen's in it. Yeah, I don't think you got far enough to see Ian McKellen. Like, I had that with lots of people, but most acutely Ian McKellen, who is quite old, has a shitload of money from being in all kinds of stuff, is considered a well-regarded Shakespearean actor, right? Like, he's a actor with a capital A. Yeah. Magneto and a whole bunch of other shit. He's a genuinely awesome actor. And he's in this – I'm like, why are you making cat sounds and – just do why are you doing this yeah why did you why did you do this i don't get it, it it's a baffling like i get i guess the only part i get why james corden did it because he does whatever because he, he's he's a basic bitch but like every it's just like why are you in this why is taylor swift in it like taylor swift you're you're better than this like they can't possibly have paid you enough money to make it worth it i don't get it and it looks creepy. But see, head. the thing I could tell when I was watching that movie is one of those things where everybody's doing it and they don't realize how bad it is until they probably saw it and they're just like, wow. Because you know, I imagine a lot of these movies with like special effects, because there's not like a real set in any of those in any of that movie. It's all just like green screen um, that they were just doing their cat thing and then <laughs> thinking, OK, this is weird. And then I can't imagine the looks on their faces when they saw the like final version of that movie. They must have just been mortified. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just want to emphasize, it's like star-studded. Like These are all well-established people who aren't like having to take whatever project they can get other than a few people. It's like these are big-wig people who easily could turn down stuff, and they have options. It's not like uh, desperate to be in something. I guess I have to be in Cat. It's... It, I was entertained because it was so insane and baffling. It's not good in, in, in any sense of the word. It's terrible all the way around. But I, Yeah, I, and who is it for? It's like the cats are screwing each other. I, that was just weird, too. Like, why, yeah. do we, why is this in here? All of a sudden, they're like making out and grinding on each other. Yeah, and then they're at a bar where there's milk and they're getting drunk off of milk. Yeah, like, yeah. who made this bar? It's not a kid's movie. It, you know, no, it isn't. You're like, but why are they at who made this bar? These cats built this bar? Where are the people? What's going on? I, I saw the actual musical when I was in like the seventh grade. We went on a choir trip to the Civic Center in Des Moines and watched cats. And it was, I didn't yes. get it then. I don't get it now. It well, was bonkers. It was my first exposure to any musical related to cats. I hadn't heard any of the songs or seen anything. And you're, you're a big fan of people breaking out into songs. Oh, That's the kind of thing you like, generally yeah. speaking, right? I like that just the same way I like advanced stats. Yeah. Well, you, you prefer a lot of realism. You prefer a lot of realism in your film. It's really unreal when people break out in songs. Um, but wearing costumes and flying around is totally <laughs> believable. Well, you real. can suspend some disbelief. It just... I, I, I just uh, my brain shuts. I like so I like songs in in movies. Uh, a Star Is Born. I I love that movie. That was great. It was about a singer and there was singing in it, but the singing made sense with the movie. Whereas like all of a sudden a cat just starts singing and everybody's in <laughs> harmony. Like that makes no sense to me. I don't understand why I'm watching this. I do like that it was so bad. Even your daughters are like, we don't, we aren't into this, Dad. This, this is actually making us uncomfortable. Well, you know, I don't think, I don't think they like musicals much because we watched. Oh, you must uh, be so proud. The other, in the In the Heights was another the musical. The Manuel Miranda one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched a few minutes of that, and they they did not enjoy that either. I didn't either, but um, so maybe they're just you know the apple didn't fall far from the tree. They don't, they don't like musicals either. Okay. Um, but yeah, so for 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 the Gophers, I recommend that. Uh, Hawkeye's playing Wisconsin. I, the only movie I can think of. Have you ever seen Starman, the Car- Carpenter movie? I have not. Well, no, I, I started it once long ago on TV, and I was I got really bored. I it was a I saw that it was an alien movie, and then there wasn't like explosions and stuff. I was like, all right, I'm bored. Yeah. Turned it I off. I don't think I've seen the whole thing either. Uh, but I know he lands in Wisconsin. Um, oh yeah okay the alien um uh jeff bridges right yeah jeff bridges is the alien in the lands and most of it takes place in wisconsin so um 
it's not one of Carpenter's best movies. I'll say that. But well, here, what is Carpenter's best movie? Oh, um, probably The Thing. I would say, or Big Trouble, Little China. He's just got so many bangers. Yeah, I mean, those are all Halloween. Uh, Halloween is fabulous. The original uh, one. Yeah, see, I, I've never, I've never been able to get into Halloween. Just what? It's, it's not its fault. It's because it created all these horrible knockoffs. Right, but if you just if you just watch that first movie and don't pretend none of the other stuff exists, it's like literally the best horror movie ever made. Oh, I I I, I mean I thought it was a, a good a good th- th- slasher, but I don't know. There's something about it's like a dude with a butcher knife is. I don't know. It doesn't scare me. I don't know. It just didn't. I I wasn't scared. I was like, it's fine. And then there's a billion of them. Uh, I saw the remake with Jamie Lee Curtis from like three years ago or two years ago, whenever it was. I was like, ah, I don't get why people like these movies. But, but. Carpenter, he's like one of my all-time favorites. Escape oh, from really? New York is unbelievable. Yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, yeah, of course I've seen Escape from New York. I've seen Escape from L.A. Also. Oh, uh, that. See, I saw Escape from L.A. first. I saw that in the theater when that came me, out. Me too. Yes. Um. I, I didn't know Escape from New York even existed when I saw that. I was like, whoa, there's another one of these? You you went with a uh, surfing Kurt Russell? That was so crazy. Yes. Oh, God, that was crazy. And the basketball scene. I loved it. Uh, yeah, it I thought crazy. it was cool, too. Yeah. You know, I, I think it was a rental for me. But, yeah, I, I saw it before I realized it was a sequel to Escape from New York. But no, I think if I – gun to my head, I'd probably say The Thing is his quote-unquote best. But my favorite is They Live. That's – that's oh, my favorite. They live is amazing. I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Correct. Yep. So that line is just yeah. the the fight with Keith David and uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. I mean, it's just it's fantastic. It's absurd. It's wonderful. The heavy-handed metaphor works for me. Obviously, yeah. it's not subtle even a tiny bit. Right. Uh, but no, that's my favorite. That one. That one's just so entertaining. So all right. It was, it's good to go. All right. I just wanted to do a quick John Carpenter hash show. All right. So I was thinking with cats for, for Northwestern. I like you, but not the movie cats. I was thinking of the aristocrats. I hardly remember that one, but the animated movie from whenever that was the seventies. It's like, Oh, there's cats in it. You can tell you have little kids. Cause you've, your just mind goes right to the animated films well how many movies of about cats are there that aren't kids movies i mean how many mature sophisticated, not many no like i was i was trying to think of one is there one where there's like a bobcat and it mauls somebody i couldn't think of any i was just stuck uh, you could you could go with chicago and try to find a chicago movie if you wanted to i guess but uh it's like that's it i mean that's when you're talking to animals it tends to be kids movies and for Iowa, this doesn't even make sense thematically. I don't care. Uh, I just saw it, and I want to talk about it. I, I just watched Shaft, which is awesome. Like uh, the original Shaft? Yeah, yeah, with uh, Richard Roundtree from 1970 or 71 or whatever it is. Uh, just a cool freaking movie. It's in that that period of time in like the 70s and 80s where New York is just so grimy and cinematic and awesome. It just you can just it's fantastic, and it's like. In one of those movies, it's well, it's got lots of stuff going on in it, but Shaft being a, a badass is is the big selling point. But there's stuff going on with with race that's really interesting, and then it's just it's also in love with New York. I mean, there's just a lot of shots of him just like walking around various parts of of Harlem and and other boroughs, um, and you just you just see the old marquees, and it's just incredible. And he gets like chestnuts out of the street, and he gets like a you know, he just gets like a hot dog, and I, I know that's taxi drivers like that too, where it's just like exactly you're just watching it's that the similar, city. Yeah, yeah, he gets a cab ride for a scene that didn't we didn't really need to see him in the cab, but it, it it shows him getting a cab. First of all, he tries to get a cab, and they go for a white guy instead of him, and then he gets a second cab, and he says, "Take your time, I'm not in any rush." And then it's just shots like from inside the cab, looking around streets of New York, and you can just just feel it. It's just one of those great settings. I love like 1970s New York in film. And he's just he's just a really badass, cool guy. Um, and he works the cops, he works the, the gangsters, and he, he solves the problem. He is he, is he not a cop? No, he's a private detective. It's, oh, it feels okay. a lot like... So if you're thinking of like the, the 40s, like, uh, 
Humphrey Bogart stuff like Maltese Falcon. Yeah. He's got that kind of vibe, but it's, you know, 1970s. Right. So he's yeah, he's a private investigator. He's got a relationship with the cops, but he's not officially a cop. He's not a gangster. He's just a tough guy who owns his own office. And he gets embroiled in a gang conflict. And it's really, really good stuff. So anyway, it doesn't connect to Iowa. That doesn't doesn't I don't have any connection to Madison, Wisconsin or the Badgers. Um, the only Badger movie I think is like Fantastic Mr. Fox because I think there's a Badger in it or something. Um, but no, I just wanted to talk about so Shaft. What are you What are you drinking on Saturday while you watch your Hawkeyes get so defeated? I, I do. Well, I did have a spotted cow in the fridge uh, that I was going to save it, but my wife wanted to drink it last night, so it's that's gone. That was what I was going to yeah, save. I was in Wisconsin a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, actually, yeah, about a month ago. And it's everywhere. Spotted cow. Every bar, every restaurant has it. And every time I drink it, I'm like, why are these people so obsessed with this beer? So I New Glarus Brewery has lots of really good beers, but Spotted Cow is not one of them. It is a run-of-the-mill lager, unexceptional in any way. They like it almost the exact same, although I do think some EPA is better, but they drink it for the same reason people in Minnesota will drink some EPA. It just becomes a beer that's synonymous with Wisconsin, you know, and they do the thing where they don't, Nuclear doesn't sell outside the state of Wisconsin, so like snobby about it. Right, but uh, you could get drink like just a Coors and it tastes about the same, you know correct. what I mean? You can't yeah. get a Summit EPA, that, there's no other beer that tastes like that. It's, well, okay, it's, I mean, it's, okay, there are some, but it's fine. I, I do think it tastes better and has more flavor than Spotted Cow. Spotted Cow is, is so dull. Uh, I was, I, a long time ago, I was at a cousin's wedding. You know, in in Wisconsin, I don't think it was. I think it was in Milwaukee. I don't think it was in Madison. But they had spotted cow, and they were so excited about it and how great it was. You know, they had it on tap at the reception, and it was like nonplussed. Yeah, but I I've th- had I, other beers. I think it's a marketing thing because, you, like you said, you cannot. They don't. You sell it anywhere outside of this state. You have to literally be like, you know, across state lines to get it. I think I think that's why people get so worked up over it. Is like, ooh, it's just hard. You can only get it here. Right, and if you're from Wisconsin, it's a source of pride and yeah. reminds you of home or whatever. But they have genuinely good beers. Nuclearis does for sure, but it's Spotted Cow is so unexceptional and uninteresting. Um, I just happened to have one because I had a buddy that you know I, he he had it left over. He had made a trip to Wisconsin and brought some back. Well, that uh, was always you could you had you know before Minnesota once we exited the Dark Ages and you could get beer on Sunday. You'd have to go to Wisconsin on Sunday to get beer. And so that was always that's how I first had it is driving to Wisconsin, going to Wisconsin liquor stores. I'm like, oh, all right, it's everywhere. I guess I'll get a case of it or whatever. How, how often did you do that? Where you're like, Not, it's Sunday, I need to get drunk. When um, I was I, in my 20s, I did it very often. But okay. uh, once they passed the laws, like, I don't drink beer as much as I did then. So it hasn't become necessary. Yeah. Um but yeah, in my twenties, we we do it for. I mean, it's it's so dumb because like just get more on Saturday. But that's what I did when I lived. I mean, I wasn't in college in Minnesota. I was in my late twenties, but I was like, oh, if I'm gonna watch football or do something, like all right, I gotta get beer now. Saturday, there was like a there should be a clock in my head, like oh, do I need beer for tomorrow? Get some before I, they close. Most of my memories revolve around Super Bowl Sunday when we would go. I mean, we did it more than that, but it would seem to be every Super Bowl Sunday where it's like, you know, just before kickoff and we already ran out of beer. Um, and you drive, what, like 45 minutes or no, not? That yeah. No, 45. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get to Hudson. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. OK. Yeah. I had a, a part uh, like a two week contract gig. At, I think is Anderson Windows in. Uh. What's the Minnesota town right by Hudson on the other side? Stillwater? Stillwater. There we go. It's in Stillwater. So I, I'd work there, and it would literally be just like five minutes across the way. So I went a few times for that, like, two-week period. It's like, oh, I'm already this far over. Might as well. But, but anyway, you, here I'm going to – You get it, and you're like, oh, this is not not that good. Well, yeah. I mean, they have other stuff. I like the – I think Fat Squirrel's a brown ale, which I think is really good. Um they have a strong way. I think it's like dancing ladies or something like that, um, which I think is really good. And they've had some seasonals that have been really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not mind blowing, but they have a good variety and stuff that's, that's worth having. But spotted cow is a whole lot of nothing, just a whole, whole lot of nothing. Um, 
But no, I'm going to be drinking. I've got a, a sipping pretty sour from Odell Brewing in Colorado that uh, I've been sitting on for a while. Got another beer I'm saving for your, your gophers in two weeks. But Oh, you got a special one. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, don't spoil it. Let the, it's a beer from the great wait. state of Minnesota. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's sitting in the fridge waiting. Yeah, that's cool. what I'll be drinking. All right. Well, we'll see how it all plays out. We'll see if you get to start. Uh, you, you get to do your obnoxious, oh, who's in first place now? Shtick next week. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be drinking. So I was going to. Oh, yeah. I was going to recommend Darkness. Cause it, cause it's Halloween coming up on Sunday for the darkness release and I'll, I'll bring a bottle to tailgate. So, you know, you bring something for me, I'm just going to spoil it. I'll bring you a bottle of darkness. Okay. Um, but no, I, I mentioned it last week, so I'm not going to recommend it. Uh, what I'm going to re- recommend is the goose Island. They do, uh, every black Friday, they release their bourbon. It's like a, uh, bourbon barrel the bourbon barrel stout yeah i know oh, what you're talking about it's fabulous it's so good I've had it before you know it's in the little bottles it's hard to find they were like i said release it every black friday and um uh we get it here in minnesota but it's easier to find for whatever reason in, in iowa it seemed to always be down in iowa for black friday yeah. um hy always has like cases of them and they have like different variations too sure. i think they have one that's in like a you know rum bottles or rum, rum barrels or whatever so um always always so good i have actually have a few bottles from last year i still have saved but that's what i would recommend if you can get that um that's about as good as it gets okay sounds good yeah I, i'll have to look for it i haven't had it in a long time i think i only ever had it in minnesota but that's good to know i guess uh iowa city's closer to chicago than uh, the twin cities is so sure just a distribution yep. thing yeah uh, so I don't know, but all right. Well, sounds good. I'm looking forward to got another another weekend. It was very nice to have a break from uh, the bye. Was nice. I needed to, to step away, and I, I forgot how much more fun it is to watch college football when you just don't have any skin in the game and you're just kind of like just watching everything unfold. You just kind of have a that that nice uh, sadistic pleasure in other teams failing, like Penn State's miserable miserable game. Nine overtime, twenty to eighteen loss, just just ludicrous stuff. Uh, well, and you're still nice. sitting, still sitting with the top ten team. You know, I mean, well, that's yeah. something to but, be but, excited for. Yeah, you know, I'm not worried about the top ten. I'm I'm more worried about that Big Ten West race. I mean, even if they lose to Wisconsin, it's not the end all be all. But they do need uh, they would need Wisconsin to lose again, and they definitely would have to beat your Gophers, and they, they'd have to win out basically to I think make it to Indy. So that's what I'm thinking about now. I mean, I'm not worried about the rankings. They're whatever, you know. It's, there's a lot of chaos. A lot of teams lose it. But all right, man. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. Like, or if there's some way you can like, I don't like saying this, but like, subscribe, whatever. Download, all that stuff can help. So we appreciate anybody yeah. listening. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we'll uh, kick out some Iowa, Minnesota content for you. Yeah, there you go. Bye-bye.